I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Roberta Walker. And Michael Glassman's not with us today, but we are two landscape designers who've been working in the field for over 25 years. And through our podcast, Digging Deep, we're going to bring to you our knowledge and our challenges and all the things that we'd love to pass on to you without you having to hire a landscape designer. However, hiring a landscape designer is a very good thing, especially if you want a beautiful garden and if you want to do it once and not keep redoing it over and over again. But if you are a do-it-yourselfer, we're going to give you a lot of good information and um, so that you don't make the mistakes that we, like everyone coming up, made them in the beginning. But it's too things are too pricey these days to make mistakes. You want to know where you're going with your garden and your new design. And the way to do that is to measure, know what you want, draw it all out, and be able to calculate your linear and square footage so you can order materials. But that's not what I'm going to talk about today. What I'm going to talk about are herbs, or in England, they say herbs, and they do that because there's an H at the beginning of the word. So a lot of the plants that we use in the landscape, you may or may not know, are herbs or the herbal variety. For instance, lavender, rosemary, yarrow, sage, santalina, sedum, um, sunflowers, these are all stevia you could plant, spearmint, um, valerian, violet, these are pretty common plants that we use, but they're also, they have herbal qualities. And their particular herbal qualities is um, easy to look up in books and online, but I'm gonna talk more about having herbs in the landscape, not their qualities, because there's a method in their preparation with all of it. But um, yarrow, the the botanical name for yarrow is Achilla, and it's called Achilla because it is named after Achilles, the god. And um, if you know anything about Achilles, you know that his heel um, right behind the ankle was sliced open, and that's the Achilles heel. But um, when you take the leaves of yarrow and you put it on an open wound, it helps stitch the ba- stitch them back together. So it's really interesting to find out this lore about the plants and why they're called what they are. Yarrow is one of my favorite flowering perennials, and it comes in many different colors and different varieties. There's a yarrow that's um, a great um, replacement instead of sod. If you live in an area with deer, there's a low-growing yarrow that deer don't eat, and yet it'll give you this beautiful green-looking grass and white flowers. They also have yarrow moonshine, which gets tall with silver leaves and beautiful yellow clusters. And then there's the new varieties of yarrow that come in pink and orange and yellow. Um, they're just wonderful and totally drought tolerant. So it's it's really a great great plant to use. And I often use, well, let's say for erosion control, rosemary is wonderful. I'm sure you've all seen rosemary dripping over walls and used as ground cover. Um, it's very tough and it helps for uh, with erosion control. So, um, and it's evergreen, non-deciduous evergreen, and it blooms and the bees love it. And that's a good thing because when the bees are able to get what they love, they'll help propagate the fruit trees in the area. Lavender is very common. Everybody knows about lavender. I mean, lavender is wonderful for so many things that can calm us down. You could put it in the bath. You can have lavender-scented 
little towels to put in your laundry to make them smell better. Lavender sprays. Lavender's good. Also, if you cut yourself, lavender's amazing. And these are things that we commonly grow. So I want to I want to give you more ideas about the herbs that you could use in your in your own garden um, that have other properties, and it might lead you to looking up how to use them, whether in a tea or making an oil or or something like that. But you could become pretty proficient in an area where you may not have known anything about them beforehand. Now, there are particular herbs that are very good for the skin. There's other herbs that are really good for the respiratory. There's other herbs that are good for the digestive and for the nervous system. So Christmas is coming. The holidays are coming. Christmas Hanukkah is here right now. And it's a wonderful gift to give things from the garden. And an easy, easy thing to make from the garden are herbed oils or herbed vinegars. I used to take um, long spears of rosemary and hot red peppers and garlic cloves and put them in a bottle and put vinegar in there. You could do a white vinegar. You could do, um, I wouldn't use apple cider vinegar because it has its own sweet taste, but there's all different kinds of vinegars. And if you leave them in a jar and you cork it with a nice cork and put a ribbon around it, it's a beautiful looking gift. And the longer it sits, the more those herbs are infused. So it'll end up being a, like a spicy, hot, rosemary-tasting vinegar. Or it could be a tarragon base. It could have oregano in there. But they're really nice gifts. Same with the olive oil. You could do the same thing I just talked about and put olive oil in there. Or with olive oil, you can also cut lemon wedges and put them in bottles if you've saved some pretty bottles. And then fill it with olive oil. Cork it tie a ribbon on it. And this, these are things that are not going to go bad. You know, they're, they're wonderful gifts and they're right from the garden. But talking about um, a skincare garden, let's just talk about it that, that at first. So goldenrod um, and the other name for goldenrod is, um, I call it solidago. I've heard some people say solidigo. Anyway, they're tall, yellowy flowers they've just stopped blooming and they tend to spread themselves through the garden i let it because things that are herbal and good for the environment i let them spread up to a point obviously one thing i don't let spread is bermuda grass and nut grass those don't have any healing qualities they have aggravating qualities because you can't get rid of them but um so goldenrod rosemary blue vervain chamomile chamomile makes a delicious tea and helps you sleep um, borage. Borage is in many gardens. It has a little blue flower. And um, years ago, I read up at it, on it. And I remember there's a quote from Shakespeare saying it makes the heart glad. So it's a tea that helps with digestion and also makes the skin um, nice. And it's obviously edible. The flowers can go in your salad. It makes it really pretty. You could grow oats, which I wouldn't. I have them all over. And that is one thing that um, I let spread. And now they're out of control, but they're beautiful, but they're wild oats. Um, calendula, you know, those pretty little flowers with the, with the yellow tops. They look like little, like yellow powder puffs. Calendula is so wonderful. You can get calendula cream, calendula oil, wonderful for cuts, wonderful for burns, wonderful for blemishes. Monardia. So Bees are not the only things attracted to Monardia. It's also a very good herb, as is spearmint and sage. We use sage a lot cooking the turkey, and spearmint makes a great tea. 
One of my favorite combinations for tea is I take lemon verbena leaves, I take mint, either peppermint or spearmint, and then I take um, a little bit of lavender and lemon balm. And it makes this lemony, delicious tea. It almost tastes like candy. But if you cut a lot of it at its peak and then you dry it, you hang it upside down, then you could take the dried herbs, mix them together, take the stems out, and put them in little gift, um, you know those like jewelry bags or cloth? Put them in a bag like that, make a nice label, and you've given tea from your garden. It's a really lovely gift. And it tastes delicious. And there's apple mint, spearmint, um, peppermint. There's uh, pineapple mint. There's all these different mints. And it'd be really fun to try. However, mints have to be contained because they, too, will just get out of control. They'll be everywhere. So if you want to grow mint, put it in a container. Um, St. John's wort. Um, that's a great ground cover. There's different varieties of it. But that's for nervous problems. But it's... Uh, it's it's a great herb. What else do we have here? Peppermint, licorice. I've never grown licorice, but I have grown um, fennel, which has a licorice taste. And, you know, they produce seeds. You have fennel seeds, which is great in Italian cooking. Dill is a really nice plant, and that's wonderful for canning and then putting on fish. So all these plants that are just what you might think is normal plants, landscape plants, actually have not only medicinal but culinary um, properties as well. So you could you could designate little beds and call one your respiratory garden, and you can call your other one a skincare garden. And if you have children, you could teach them how to cull the herbs and even make lotions from them as well. Um, a great vine, and let me tell you, this vine can cover your house, is passion flower. And if you've never seen a passion flower, it looks like something from outer space. It's amazing. I mean, it's just one of those wonders that's just amazing. It's like, where did you land? And it's a, like I said, a very vigorous growing vine. It completely covered a pergola I had. And you know what it drew? It drew the, not the monarch, but a, a uh, a different type of butterfly that's orange with black, filaria, something like that. Anyway, they loved it. And it also has a fruit. Well, any part of that passion flower, whether it's the stem, the leaf, the fruit, or the flower, can be made into a tea and it helps sleep. It helps you with um, going to sleep and staying asleep. It's really wonderful. But you really have to have some something that will grow on because it's so vigorous lemongrass. Now I grow lemongrass and we're here in Sacramento and um, it's foggy and kind of cold today, but the last couple days it's been in the high 60s. So I'm now able to grow lemongrass without it um, dying in the winter of cold because lemongrass traditionally is a more temperate and tropical plant. But um, I'm mine's lasting year to year. So lemongrass is wonderful for Thai cooking. It's very lemony. Use the very bottom part of it, cut it off, clean it, smash it, throw it in your Thai soup, and it's delicious. Um, we all know about basil. We know about thyme and parsley. These are things that are not just culinary, but they have um, healing properties as well. So you can have your own little medicinal garden. And um, in the early days, say that, 1200s medieval and for a few hundred years after that 
the king and queen of the castle, which were the rulers, and then they had the serfs living around, they had the people living within the walls, without of the walls. Well, any medical problems they had, they would come to the lady of the house because they had the lady of the house always had a medicinal garden. It was right next to the kitchen garden. And um, they would be making poultices and um, syrups for coughs and teas. And so um, it's something that's gone way out of date that now we have a sniffle. And the first thing we do is we, you know, we take something in a chemical form when plants are very effective, very effective. And I so um, want to pass on the idea and the, the fun of growing herbs and medicinal plants. Echinacea. Everybody knows what purple coneflower, or most people know what purple coneflower is. Well, you've seen echinacea tablets. That's when they've um, taken the plants and, and the roots and ground them into powder. And then you have um, something that's great for colds. And uh, black-eyed Susans, that's something I use all the time, just mainly for beauty, but it's really good for women's health, the heart, and the circulatory system. Borage, like I said, women's health, skin, hair, nails, and makes you feel happy. Um, gosh, there's just so many here. Catnip. All right. I've got cats. Cat, catnip is also um, called Nepita. Nepita is an evergreen plant with little blue purple flowers. And um, usually once a day, my cat will slip under my little garden gate and go in there and lay in the Nepita, the catnip, and get high. So he rolls around for quite a while. He gets frisky and then then he's out. He's out for a nap. <laughs> he loves it. But um, it's also good for us as well. It's good for children's health and stress relief, cold and flu. I so urge you to, to pick up a book on herbs because there's no reason why in your garden, your landscape, you can't have things that grow that you eat and things that you grow that are also that are not only beautiful, but things that can potentially become gifts for tea or healing things for the family. You know, like I said, chamomile, I think um, either even Peter Rabbit's mother gave him chamomile when the uh, when the gardener um, chased him out of the garden. Boy, that'll take care of you. Comfrey has big leaves and they're really soft. Comfrey is really good for the digestive system. And then, like I said, there's all kinds of mint. Now, dandelion. Everybody looks at dandelion as a weed. And for the most part, a weed is something that you don't want growing where it's growing. But it usually has some kind of, you know, some kind of good habit somewhere else, except nutgrass and Bermuda grass. I'm going to keep saying that because I hate that stuff. Anyway, dandelion has the little puffy flowers when they bloom and kids pick them and they make a wish and you blow it and off they go. And then as you've blown them, you've, you know, scattered the seeds. So another hundred dandelions will grow. Well, the dandelion leaves are so good for your liver or you just clean them and put them in your salad. Um, they're just wonderful. Digestive liver, intestinal skin, hair, nails, they're bitter, but you know, there's a lot of bitter lettuces. And if you mix them with the rest, it's really good. So before you go pulling out the dandelions, um, also know that they're really important for the bees too. So you don't want to get rid of all of them. You can grow ginger. I grow feverfew because feverfew has these little white flowers with a little yellow center. They look like daisies. It's good for um, pain relief, brain, memory. When you buy ginger and you don't use it, sometimes you'll see a little root coming out. Stick it in the soil. You can grow ginger. Same thing with your celery. You know, you cut off some stalks, 
or if you buy it from the store, you take the bottom stock and keep it in water and then put it in the soil, you will be able to grow it. A lot of these plants can be regrown and regrown. Hops. Hops are great for beer, making beer. That's a summertime thing, but hops can grow up to 20 or 30 feet high, which I think Michael and I spoke about this. If you make just a basic teepee out of, let's say, some bamboo canes or sticks, and then you grow hops at each pole, it will completely cover it, and your kids will have the most wonderful green teepee. And then after they flower, you can cull the hops. And if you are a beer maker, there you go. You've got it. So these are just things that you could do right, right at home. I have lemon balm. And lemon balm is another thing that puts itself all over. But again, its tea is delicious. It's good for stress relief, cold, flu, pain relief, immune, lymph system, digestive liver. It's great. And so a lot of people think, oh, God, I can't get rid of it. It's just this weed. It's everywhere. What I do now is I let it grow to a certain point, and at its peak, I cut it all down, I throw it in the sink, wash it, and then I lay it outside with a screen over it and let it dry, and it becomes a great tea. And if you were to go buy this at the um, health food store, you'd be paying a lot of money per ounce for it. And these are basic things that you can, that you can grow at home. So, oh my goodness, there are so many different um, plants that you can grow from, like I said, oat, mullen, motherwort, um, so many, so many um, great plants. Now, I'm going to read you for the yarrow because I was talking about the Achilla, remember Achilles heel? Um, that's good for women's health, children's health, cold, flu, heart, circulatory, muscles, bones, digestive, liver, intestinal, lungs, eyes, ears, nose, throat, skin, hair, nails. This is a plant we use just to put in the garden because it looks pretty. But it has so many other qualities. I mean, if our plants could talk, you know, we'd be walking down the path and all of a sudden we'd feel a tug on our shirt and say, hey, hey, did you know I do this? Did you know I also do this? Don't, you know, you can cut my flowers, take me in, but don't forget to use the other parts of me because I'm really good for many, many things. And of course, these are medicinal plants, which means they are not toxic and they are not poisonous, clearly. Things that are poisonous that are also medicinal, but I haven't read it, are things like foxglove, digitalis. Now, digitalis is used for heart medicine, but it is toxic. So is oleander and um, also datura. Datura or angel trumpets. Datura is the native variety of that. And they have, um, and you really won't buy, You they do not sell this at the nursery, but you could see them around sometimes in empty lots. These datura flowers are big and white. And um, George O'Keefe, the painter, painted big, beautiful paintings of it. But they have these seed pockets. They look like they're smaller than a golf ball. But the season, it will definitely take you to another planet, and most likely you will not come back. So you stay away from that. So there are there's a very few um, that you, you wouldn't want to put in your medicinal garden anyway, because unless you're a pharmacist, you're not going to know what to do with it. Um, red clover is a great cover crop. Um, crimson clover, red clover, it helps put um, oxygen in the soil. It's also beautiful little red flames in the spring when they come up, but it's also a great tea, medicinal food for stress relief, cold, flu, so on and so forth. So I hope I'm inspiring you to look a little closer and a little deeper at the plants that you're um, 
that you or your landscape designer or you are asking your landscape designer to put in your landscape because very often they do a lot more than just look pretty. Now, most of our landscape plants we're, we're putting in because we want to achieve a certain look. We want to have um, color in the winter, you know, through the shrubs. And then there's the perennials. Well, um, you know, oregano stays evergreen, parsley stays evergreen, chives stay evergreen, and they're edible. And they can look just as nice in the garden as they do in a raised bed. But consider starting your own little medicinal garden or an herb garden that's just for skin care. And then read up or watch a YouTube video on how to make a, a, a hand cream, skin cream, um, lip gloss. They make wonderful presents and it feels so much better because it's from your garden. You grew it. So with that, that's my, um, it's a combination of holiday tips, but um, also getting you a little more familiar with herbs. So I hope this has been a little bit inspiring, maybe a little bit more inspiring. I love herbs. And in fact, there's a, I'm so bad with names and facts, but anyway, there's an herb garden between Sacramento and Dixon and they sell many, many herbs. I could look it up and find it. I could tell you next week, but they have in one area, they planted the herbs in the form of a human body and the herbs that are planted, let's say at the head is good for headaches. And the, you know, they planted it as far as how they work with the body. It's really wonderful. But, um, you could look up herb farm in, um, Northern California, Sacramento, Dixon area, but I'll come, I'll, I'll bring the, the name, um, next week because very often these things just come to me and out they come. And then I forgot the details, <laughs> but that's who I am. And I'm so happy that you've joined me here today. I am Roberta Walker, and this is Digging Deep. And Michael will be back next week. And um, we're going into the holidays, so it's lots of time for making gifts, but also baking. And so many of these herbs can go into your cookies. You can make lavender butter cookies. You could put beautiful cookies with violets that have sugar on top. I mean, there's all these different things you could do from the garden. So don't forget about what's growing there. And if it's not growing there, consider growing it. Thanks again for joining me.